the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Are you ready for the word? Praise him. This is Pastor Pearson of Word of Faith Christian Center here in sunny San Antonio, Texas. A Bible-believing, Bible-teaching church where Jesus Christ is Lord and you'll never be bored. I want to welcome all of you back to our radio broadcast that I pray is being a blessing to you and yours. So sit back and relax as I bring a message from the Word of God just for you. But please, please, please have an ear to hear what the Lord is about to say. Because if you do, I guarantee that you'll be blessed today. So without further ado, let me share today's message with you. It's called Walking Through Your Open Door. You know, we saints are some blessed people. Oh, yes, we are. We're blessed because we have a faithful God who loves us like nobody else will ever do. He's faithful concerning us and does things for us that nobody else can do. One of the many things that our loving, faithful God does for me and you that nobody else can do is open doors of opportunity that nobody can close on me and you. Doors that he expects us to walk through. Doors that he wants us to walk through so that we can receive and achieve all he has planned and prepared for me and you. But to walk through, we have to believe that it's true. He really did open doors of opportunity for me and you. And then we have to not just sit there, but do the things necessary to walk through and receive and achieve what the door was open for us to get and to do. Otherwise, it'll be just like God never opened a door that he opened for me and you. And that which he opened a door for us to obtain will never be obtained by me and you. That's why it's so important that we learn to walk through the doors of opportunity that God opened for me and you. So without further ado, let me share today's message with you. It's called Walking Through Your Open Door. But before I do, I got a question to ask you. Are you ready for the word? Because ready or not, here it comes. First Samuel 16, verse 14. It says, But the spirit of the Lord departed from Saul, and an evil spirit from the Lord troubled him. Pause button. There was no evil spirit from the Lord that troubled him. Verse 15. And Saul's servant said unto him, Behold, check it out. Now an evil spirit from God, we know that, troubleth thee. He said, I guess he didn't have to check it out. (laughs) Well, sometimes folk don't know that an evil spirit is troubling them. Sometimes they think that they're just being right and just as wrong as two left shoes with somebody with no feet. Verse 16, it says, Let our Lord now command thy servants which are before thee to seek out a man who is a cunning player of a harp, that means skillful. And it shall come to pass that when an evil spirit from God is upon thee, that he shall play with his hand, and thou shalt be well. Now, he's not just playing with his hands, but he's using his hand to play the harp. And thou shalt be well. Hey, you got to explain some of this stuff to folk, because, you know, they'd be like, well, how's playing with his hands going to help? <laughs> Verse 17. Folk be like, well, next time I got an evil spirit, I'm going to start, like, playing with my hands, too. No, that ain't what he's talking about, so I'm trying to help. Play the harp with his hands. Verse 17, and Saul said unto his servants, provide me now a man that can play well and bring him to me. See, even when you're crazy, you know solutions. 
Go get somebody. Hurry. Verse 18, then answered one of the servants and said, behold, I have not seen. Sometimes you can be real crazy. That's when you don't want the folk that can help you to help you. That's when you real crazy. That's when folks start missing church because they mad. They don't like what's happening, so they leave the place where the solutions come. Verse 18, then answered one of the servants and said, behold, I've seen the son of Jesse, the Bethlehemite, that is cunning. <laughs> And playing. Them, them syllables will get all cut up in there. It's just cunning and plain and a mighty valiant man and a man of war. Dang, look, see, when the hand of the Lord is on you, you'll not only be cunning, you'll not only be a mighty valiant man, but you'll also be a man of war, ready to fight the correct way, and prudent in manners, and a comely person, and the Lord is with him. Wherefore Saul sent messengers unto Jesse and said, Send me David thy son which is with the sheep. See, you can tell a person that God's hand is on. They'll be near the sheep. I'm teaching real good right now. You can always tell a person that God's hand is on, that the Spirit of God is on, because they're going to be near the sheep. That's one of the things I watch. Folk tell me they call. I'm going to watch if you be near the sheep. Because if you be away from the sheep, you ain't called. You thought you was called. You confused. Because how are you not around the sheep when you designed to be a shepherd? The shepherd ought to smell like they sheep. For real. The shepherd ought to smell like sheep. That's one of the reasons why I don't have 18 guards around me. Are you listening to me? Because I ain't supposed to smell like guards. I'm supposed to smell like sheep. Hey, Amen. That's another teaching. We ain't getting it. Verse 19. Wherefore Saul sent messengers unto Jesse and said, man, send me your son which is with the sheep. And Jesse took an ass laden with bread and a bottle of wine, leave that alone, and a kid and sent him. But hey, anybody that think that God has sent evil spirits will drink spirits. So we leave that alone. Verse 20, and David his son unto Saul, because they didn't have understanding. Verse 21, and David came to Saul and stood before him. I like that because he said David came to Saul and stood before him. That, that phrase stood before him means attended or ministered unto him. He came before him and attended and ministered unto him. And he loved him greatly. Look, David loved Saul greatly. Everybody say greatly. And he became his armor bearer. Dang. You got to understand that that phrase right there, armor bearer, see, armor bearers were men of God's personal ministers. Armor bearers were men of God's personal ministers. So, a man of God, he would be with that man of God in times of peace, in times of war. He'd be in with that man of God when everything was, when that man needed him. He would be with that man of God when that man didn't need him. Because how could he need him and armor bearer not there? And so, see, this is the picture of what a real minister is. A real minister is going to be there. If a person tell you it ain't a minister and ain't around, <laughs> They're deceiving their own selves because they just go and based upon titles, not based upon callings. See, an armor bearer is there, and they're going to be right there in good times, bad times. They're going to be there at times of war. They're going to be there at times. You know, don't get mad at me when I talk, y'all, because we're going to knock the feelings off the shoulders. They ain't going to claim that they with you, but be around everybody else. Miss your meetings to be at everybody else's meetings. Move another person's things forward when yours ain't even being moved forward. But I'm on your side. 
<laughs> You're deceiving yourself, tricking yourself, ganking yourself, fooling yourself. Back to this man of God. So armor bearers were the men of God's personal ministers. They would assist them in whatever was necessary to cause the man of God to remain victorious in battle and comfortable in life. They would assist them in whatever was necessary. Did I say whatever was necessary? Which means there's no limits. We're talking about this unconditional love. No limits to it. That if it's necessary for you to succeed, I'm willing to do it. If it's necessary for you to be comfortable in life, I'm willing to do it. I don't be like, oh, no, I don't do windows. Oh, no, I don't do that. That's still, no, I'm not called to that. I'm called to pulpit. So you got to understand, if you called, you do everything from pulpit to pull weeds. And if there's anything that you say you don't do, then it's demonstrating that you don't do. And you ain't going to do. Are you listening to me? I'm teaching real good right now. Everybody wants to be able to stand up and preach. But can you preach to those flowers that need to be planted? Can you preach to that floor that needs to be vacuumed? Can you wash that toilet? Because if you can't wash that toilet, how you figure you're going to get the crap out of everybody else's life? I'm teaching real good right now. And if all you set, if all you called to do is sit your butt on other people's couches and watch their TVs, then you called to be a couch potato. I'm teaching real good right now. We move on. So anyway, he called him to be his, his armor bearer. <laughs> and David stood there, attended and ministered unto him. Amen. And through David's ministry unto Saul, Saul became refreshed. He'd become well, and, he, and evil spirits would leave him. Let's read it. What verse I leave off on? Yeah, in verse 22, and Saul sent to Jesse, saying, Let David, I pray thee, stand before thee, before me, and he hath found favor in my sight. See, he's all right with, with, with Saul, too. And it came to pass that when the evil spirit from God was upon Saul, that David took a harp, played it with his hand, so Saul was refreshed. That word refreshed properly means to breathe freely. Everybody say, ah. I don't know if you've been in the midst of a situation where it's pressure's all on you and an evil spirit is on you and, and, and it's like, it's like well, you just don't know what to do. You don't, you don't know what happened. But then somebody else comes along and does something that just makes you feel better. Like, ah. He was refreshed to breathe freely, to revive. By implication, it means to have ample room because Satan will always put pressure on you and squeeze you in. But God wants to give you room and cause you to be able to have, be free. And not only was he refreshed, but it was well with him. That word well means good in the widest sense, which means any sense necessary to make sure everything stays good, he said, I cover that too. Whatever's needed to make you good, he covered that too. And not only did he make it well with him, and it says, and the evil spirit departed from him. That's shouting ground all by itself. So, so, you see here where he was, he was there. Verse 21 shows you that he, uh, how David loved him, and, 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 and the next verse shows you that he was all right with Saul too. Now, drop down to chapter 18, verse 15. Time's sake, I got to pick up the pace. Chapter 18, verse 15. We're going to see here where Saul turns on David. Of course, between that verse and the ones that we read and that we're about to read now, of course, David had went out and jacked up some more Philistines and stuff like that. 
you know, being uh, uh, Saul's armor bearer, went out there and made things easier for Saul, gave more space because the Philistines was pressing on him, but David went out there and handled it. Saul was out there too, but, uh, and, and, and David was out there too. And so David was out there helping him get done what it is he needed to get done for the kingdom of God. Well, let's see what happened. Chapter 18, verse 5. And David went out whithersoever Saul sent him and behaved himself wisely. And Saul set him over the men of war, and he was accepted in the sight of all the people and also in the sight of Saul's servants. And it came to pass that as they came, when David was returned from the slaughter of the Philistines, that the women came out of all the cities in Israel singing and dancing to meet King Saul. Who'd they come to meet? Who'd they come to meet? Okay. Singing and dancing to meet King Saul with tabrets, with joy, and with instruments of joy. And the women answered one another as they played and said, Saul has slain his thousand. Who did they speak of first? Okay, so he's still considered preeminent. David ain't doing nothing wrong because Saul is still preeminent. Saul has slain his thousands and David his 10,000. Everybody say, "Uh uh-oh. Now, although everything's still in its proper order, for a man that's not securing himself, anytime he sees somebody else doing well, then they're going to have problems. Hey, man, this is good teaching right here. I understand why a lot of some men, not no, I understand why some males, not men, understand why some males have problems with their wife coming to this church. Males, not men. Men would be glad about it. Males, I could understand the problem. Because then if anybody begins to start speaking well of me, speaking well of what I'm teaching, when I'm doing what God has called me to do, and they start having problems with that, it's because jealousy starts kicking in. Envy starts kicking in. They start seeing where production is occurring. And they have problems with it. They should be glad about it because that person is there to minister unto them. And make life easier for them. And to make things better for them. But everybody don't see it that way. You don't mind if I bring it home into your house. You might have been blessing people, helping them, making life good for them. Getting evil spirits off of them. I mean, they're waiting on them hand and foot as ministers under them and doing good and producing. But they still turn around and have a problem with you. That's what happened with here because Saul, by the next verse says, Saul was wrought. I mean, wrought. Yeah, Saul was wrought. Everybody say wrought. Yeah, he was wrought. That word wrought mean angry. Like, what he doing angry? I mean, dang, this thing is working out for his good. Everything is working out the way he wanted it to work out, isn't it? And Saul was very wrought. And the saying displeased him. What? Which part? The part that he knocked out a thousand? The part that they was coming and singing before him? Nope. The fact that they were saying about somebody else. And they have ascribed unto David 10,000. No, they didn't ascribe unto him. He took out 10,000. And to me, they have ascribed but thousands. No, that's what you did. What can he have more but the kingdom? Oh, see, now he's starting to project. See, when folks start having problems, they start projecting stupid stuff. Where you going? Like to the store. Who's at the store? Captain Crunch. (laughs) Tidy bow man, folk like that, you know. 
<laughs> Mr. Whipple, praise God. <laughs> With the toilet paper, you know, Mr. Whipple. And you'd be like, anyway. Because they start projecting. You're going to leave me, aren't you? Yeah, to go to the store. And Saul eyed David from, a, from that day forward. Look at him. Because he got these little problems in him, he eyed him. From that time forward, eyed him. That phrase, eyed him, meaning looked at David with suspicion. Start looking. Come on now, y'all been there. Your house is all messed up now because everybody's suspicious of one another. What you doing? Who you talking to? What's going on? Why did you take two minutes longer than normal? Who is that? Why are you laughing? Why are you not laughing? Where are you going? Come on now. And Saul eyed David from that day forward. He says, and it came to pass on the morrow that the evil spirit from God, we know it didn't come from God, came upon Saul. And see, it goes on and off. And because, and, and, you know, it's quiet as kept. That's another teaching. You have to accept it on you. But that's another teaching. Just like you accept the spirit of God on you, you got to accept the spirit of Satan on you. But that's another teaching. But it came upon Saul, and he prophesied in the midst of the house. And David played with his heart with his hand, as at other times. Watch this now. And there was a javelin in Saul's hand. And Saul cast the javelin, for he said, I will smite David even to the wall with it. And David avoided out of his presence twice. Dang, he threw the javelin at him twice? Not once, twice. I mean, it was bad enough he threw the first one in the wall. And he like, whew, maybe that was a mistake. And here come another one. Threw another one at him. Verbal javelins, actions that's wrong, playing you real cheap, throwing them at him. But the Bible said David avoided out of his presence twice. Verse 12, and Saul was afraid of David because the Lord was with him and was departed from Saul. Therefore, Saul removed him from him and made him his captain over a thousand. And he went out and came in before the people, which means they can still keep you around. uh, But that doesn't mean they like you. And David behaved himself wisely in all his ways. See, David still acted the way he was supposed to act. Because after he threw that javelin at him, he didn't pull it out the wall and throw it back. He didn't say, punk, who you throwing a javelin at? You forget, I took out 10,000. And the Lord was with him. Wherefore, when Saul saw that he behaved himself very wisely, he was afraid of him. But all Israel and Judah loved David because he went out and came in before him. For time's sake, go to chapter 19. Oh, man, I'm running out of time. Verse 1. And Saul spake to Jonathan, his son. Now, this is in cha- this couple, this chap- next chapter. And Saul spake to Jonathan, his son, and to all his servants that they should kill David. Now, this is after David is still doing good things and, and, and causing awesome things to happen. He said, man, look, this is what we're going to do. We're going to kill this chump. But Jonathan, Saul's son, delighted much in David. And Jonathan told David, saying, Saul, my father, seeketh to kill thee. Holy Spirit will always show you what's happening. Now, therefore, I pray thee, take heed to thyself 
until the morning and abide in a secret place and hide thyself. Not go attack, but hide thyself. And I will go out and stand before, beside my father in the field where thou art, and I will commune with my father of thee, and what I see, that will I tell thee. It says, And Jonathan spake good of David unto Saul his father, and said unto him, Let not the, the king sin against his servant against David, because he hath not sinned against thee, and because his works have been to theeward very good. I like that, to theeward very good. That means very beneficial to you. He said, For he did put his life in his hands and slew the Philistines, and the Lord wrought a great salvation for all Israel. Thou sawest it and didst rejoice. Wherefore then wilt thou sin against innocent blood to slay David without a cause. And Sargon hearkened unto the voice of Jonathan, and, uh, and Saul swore. Did, what did he do? Okay. As the Lord liveth, he shall not be slain. Amen. Can we, can we talk? Just because a person that's doing you wrong decides to get right for a moment or two doesn't mean that they're going to stay that way. But that doesn't mean that you change what you do. You still keep being right. And Jonathan called David, and Jonathan showed him all those things, and, jo and Jonathan brought David to Saul, and he was in his presence and in times past. And there was war again, and David went out and fought with the Philistines and slew them with a great slaughter, and they fled from him. reason why David could keep being successful because God stayed with him because he kept doing what God wanted him to do. And the evil spirit from the Lord was upon Saul, came back again. And he sat in his house with his javelin in his hand. Oh, we've seen this before. And David played with his hand. We saw that before. And David sought to smite David even to the wall with the javelin. We saw that before. But because David stayed right, but he slipped away out of Saul's presence. We saw that before. And he smote the javelin into the wall. And David fled and escaped that night. I know that's right. David said, hey, man, it's time to get up out of here. Hey, man, because sometimes, you know, folk don't like this. Sometimes it is a time, you know, for, you know, you to, you know, kind of like, you know, not find yourself in the presence of the people that keep throwing javelins at you. That don't necessarily mean you got to leave the house. Pick that other pen up, please, that fell on that other piece of cotton over there. That don't necessarily mean. But sometimes you do need, you know, there's a time just sometimes you need to just walk out of the room. Amen. Amen. Especially when you feel the hair rising up on the back of your neck. Just walk out the room. Go in the bathroom. Turn the water on real high. Flush the toilet repeatedly. And pray in tongue loud as you can. And flush the toilet again. They won't even know that you're praying about them. They'll think that you didn't eat your vegetables. Praise God. <laughs> anyway, verse, verse. <laughs> but you'll be like getting it back together again. Well, that's all that we have time for today. We trust that you are blessed by what the Word of God had to say. Hope that you've seen in God's Word that one of the many things that God has done for us is open doors that nobody can shut on us so that we can receive and achieve everything that God has prepared for us. Brothers and sisters, I hope that you're not only seeing that it's true, that God really did open doors of opportunity for me and you, but I also hope that you're learning the importance of walking through the doors God's opened to. Otherwise, it'll be just like God never opened the doors that he opened for me and you, and that which he opened the door for us to obtain will never be obtained by me and you. If you want to hear the message in its entirety, just contact your church office at area code 210-785-9238. That's area code 210-785-9238. Or write us at Word of Faith Christian Center, 
1928 Bassey Road in San Antonio, Texas, 78213. We'll be more than glad to get it out to you ASAP. If you're in or visiting San Antonio surrounding areas, come on by and visit us at Word of Faith. We're located at 1928 Bassey Road in San Antonio, Texas, between West and Blanco. Service times are Wednesdays at noon, Thursday evenings at 645, Saturday afternoons at 430, and Sunday mornings at 8 and 11. If you don't have transportation or you're in need of a ride, we'll come and get you. We have a VIP transportation service that's available for every service. We'll pick you up, bring you to the church, and then drop you off at home after it's over. Just call the church office and arrange a ride. If you need a ride, we'll be glad to come and get you. And don't forget, saints, make sure that you're in church on Sunday. If you're not at work, every child of God needs to be in their father's house on Sunday. There's no substitute for being in church, fellowshipping with other believers, and worshiping God in the house of God. I believe every born-again believer should say what the psalmist said when he said, I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. So if you can be in church on Sunday, then be in church on Sunday. You'll be blessed when you do, I guarantee you. And to all of you who've been a blessing to us by sending words of encouragement by letter or email to us, sharing with us that you're being blessed by the messages and that you're praying for us, I want to say to all of you, thank you. And to all of you being so kind, to send financial offerings in support of our ministry when we never asked you to, we want to say from the bottom of our heart, thank you. The Bible says God is not mocked. Whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he so reap. Well, since all of you have been such a tremendous blessing to us, writing words of encouragement to us, praying for us, and even sending financial support to us, we know that God's not going to be mocked concerning you. He's going to do what he said in his word that he would do. That is, make sure that you reap what you sow. So we thank God in advance for all the blessings that are coming your way because of your being a blessing that you've been to all of us. May God richly bless all of you for blessing us as we endeavor to do what God has called us to do. That is to be a blessing to a blessed people like you. So once again, thank you for being a blessing. Don't forget to tune in to our broadcast next week for more of this life-changing word we have in store for you. Call a neighbor, call a friend, tell them to tune in. But when you do, know that we're going to ask the same question of you. That is, are you ready for the word? Y'all stay blessed. See you next week. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com. <laughs> 